Ahoy, and welcome back, Buck Bros, to the Buck Bros Podcast. I am Buck Bro Ryan, and I am joined, as always, with fellow Buck Bros, Zach, Brace, and John. Guys, welcome back to the podcast. We've got a lot to cover over with the Bills game, so let's jump right into it. The Bucks face the Bills Thursday night, ending in a loss, and the Bucks move to 3-4. and four. Guys, let's just jump right into this. Give me what your takes on the game were against the Bills and how the Bucks come back now after losing three straight. In, in all honesty, the Bucks held their own. Uh, the defense looked good against the Bills. You know, anytime you can slow Josh Allen down even a little bit, you got to feel comfortable with that. Uh, we got some INTs. It, it looked all right. Baker looked okay. We finally got a run game starting to show up a little bit there. And had Chris Godwin just decided to turn around and attempt to play the whole game, uh, we probably win. Uh, but instead he just washed his hands a bit there on the last play and, you know, the ball just hit the ground. But, but otherwise, I mean, at, at three and four, there are worse places we could be right now. Hey, broadcasters. Well, at three and four, we're in second place, a half game back in the division, which I'm sure Ryan will get into in his NFC South tracker. But jump in the shark a little bit. Uh, yeah, I don't know what game you watched, John, but uh, I don't think we stopped Josh Allen at all. He basically got to do whatever he wanted to do in that game. Um, rushed for a touchdown, threw for, I think, two more. Um, the defense did not look good. And I know we were missing some players, especially Vita Vea being out, really did not do well to help against the run. We're usually stout against that. We were not in this game. Um, but you know, it's really another story of an inefficient offense, an offense that can't run the ball. Um, Baker, again, was very inconsistent. He had some really good throws, and then he had some really bad throws. Um, and then his one touchdown throw <laughs> hit a guy in the helmet. And the only reason it was a touchdown is Mike Evans was able to contort his body and be able to still hold on to the ball. Then the two-point conversion hits another dude in the helmet, and somehow, miraculously, Kate Otten's there to, you know, get that uh two-point conversion uh, it, it's an actual actually it's kind of amazing that we were still in the game with a chance for a Hail Mary at the end of it um now I agree John if Chris Godwin had turned around earlier on that play we might be talking about a Bucks victory here um because it was very close to being converted uh but yeah I, I think we all expected to lose this game I don't think anybody, when they saw the schedule, was like, oh, yeah, the Bucs are going to walk into Buffalo on Thursday night and beat the Bills. No, wasn't going to happen. I thought we'd be 4-3, and three, but that 4-3 and three would be beating Atlanta. We missed that opportunity. We stay here at 3-4. and four. We're on a three-game losing streak. But fortunately, we're in the NFC South. We control our own destiny. The schedule gets a little softer going forward. So there is uh, room for optimism as we continue in the season. Yeah, Bryce, I mean, I agree. Like, the inconsistency on offense, uh, it's just we weren't able to keep up. A lot of short possessions. Uh, Baker, pretty inefficient. Inconsistent, I'll, I'll put it that way. His stat line looked decent by the end of it, uh, but it, it certainly wasn't an even 
performance of the whole game, you know, there were late scores and, you know, for both halves to kind of help pad uh, the scoreline, I think flatters us because it, it doesn't feel like a one possession game that comes down to, you know, really one play that could have been made. It really felt like we were at arm's length for most of the game. And I was happy, I guess, to be in there with an opportunity. Um, you know, the defense makes timely stops again to kind of try to bail the offense out, but um, still inefficient, sloppy, a lot of penalties for both sides, but we had a lot of penalties that really chops up drives and, and bails the opponents out. Didn't account for Josh running very well. Uh, obviously, he had that, that touchdown run. Really felt like he was a hot knife through butter when he wanted to be, which we were worried about because Desmond Ritter did that. So it was like, well, if he can do that, what's Josh going to be able to do? Um, I really, I still don't have a lot of bad things to say about the defense. I mean, that's a very good offense. Held them to 24 points. Did force a turnover. Say something nice. We didn't turn the ball over. Not even on downs. We had a fourth down conversion. So um, the turnover differential continues to look great for the team, despite three losses in a row. So hopefully, to your point, the schedule does get a lot easier relative to having just played the Bills. Um, I think the Niners looks to be, I mean, I'm getting way out ahead of myself, but the Niners looks to be a different matchup than you would have thought a few weeks ago and a few teams of losing records coming up as well. So hopefully (laughs) it's been said that they are frauds. Um, Hopefully we could take advantage of the schedule, take advantage of the extra rest going into this game, be prepared um, and see if we can't get after, you know, rookie quarterback kind of, change the tides for us coming off that loss. Yeah, I think this Thursday night game showed us exactly I mean it's kind of like last season all over again. It's kind of what I've been saying. It's just the lack of execution on the offensive side requires our defense to be perfect. And when the defense isn't perfect and it definitely wasn't perfect against the Bills we really don't stand a chance of winning. I mean, like you said, Zach, that 18 to 24 scoreline doesn't do the game justice, which was the Bills really dominated us the whole game. We had one glimmer of hope when we got the turnover and we made it 10 to 10 and they come back out and score right back on us. So it's disheartening. I was disheartened last week with the Atlanta Falcons game, and I'm disheartened this week, obviously, with the Bills going three and four. Um, until we do something that we figure out how to score points and put drives again instead of three and outs on Thursday, um, we're going to be in a lot of trouble. It's going to be a lot of game, game set. We're just not going to have enough to, to, to keep up with today's game. Uh, this actually brings me to my by the numbers for this game. Um, and I got, again, a couple of numbers for you guys. So if you guys want to guess what these numbers are, like we do every week, game specific, it is 109. Uh, rushing yards? <laughs> no. <laughs> one can hope we break 100 one time. Oh, I thought you meant Bill's rushing yards. <laughs> uh, this is a Bucks statistic, a Bucks player statistic. 
Oh, is it like catches for somebody popping off? Levante David solo tackles. 109. <laughs> in the game? In the game. <laughs> oh, in the game. Oh. Yeah. 109. Is that a, is it a PFF grade for somebody? No. They go that it high? is. It is a combination of yardage number. Rashad White's yard total yards. You got it right. It's Rashad White's scrimmage yards. Yards wow. from scrimmage. Oh, okay, nice. You're gonna have fun editing this because you are choppy, bro. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> well, the parts that are you, you can just re-record solo dolo, right? <laughs> I can, yes. <laughs> just leave me enough space. You guys yeah. just say what you want, and then yeah. I'll just take back. He'll fix it in post. We'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. All right, 109 Rashad White's scrimmage yards, um, 39 of which came from the rush. 70 came from the air. So manufacturing that run game, uh, like we were suggesting, seems to be playing out to Rashad's benefit. However, the next number is not to the offense's benefit. 121. This is season. Not game specific. Uh, penalty yards? 121. Number for the season. First downs allowed. I don't know. Third third down conversions allowed. No. Fuck. Total plays. No. Replace that P word with another P word. Total plays. What? Clays. Slays. Relays. Total penalties. Total Plays. penalties. Total number of penalties. Total total points the Bucks have scored. Uh, season. I thought you meant literally total P. points. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's only so many words. Total slay. Total nope. <laughs> total play. Um. Total points for the season. 121. Um, what is that that's rank? actually five less than last year. We were averaging just over 17 points a game. That's worse than last year. It is worse than last year. God. That's like a good basketball game. 17 <laughs> points? No, 120 something. Oh, yeah, yeah, 121, yeah. yeah. You did well in one game. <laughs> yeah, dude, blew them up. So those are by the numbers. Um, let's quickly get over the NFC South. Again, all teams are in action. The NFC South, other than your Buccaneers, went two and one. The Saints and the Panthers both once. The Panthers get their first win. They're one and six. The Saints um, go to four and four. And the Atlanta Falcons lost to Arthur Smith's old team, the Titans. They moved to four and four. So like Bryce said earlier, the Bucks half came out of the lead at three and four behind the Saints and the Falcons. That's the NFC South tracker. Let's now move on to our around the league topic. This week's around the league topic is actually going to focus on the Bucks. We're going to do a midseason review reassessment. We're going to look ahead to the games and the schedule remaining for the Buccaneers and we're going to see now with the team having seven games behind them if we're going to reassess our previews from earlier in the season so let's get a look into our crystal ball here 
and see how we think the Bucks are going to fare for the rest of the season. Buck Bro Bryce, let me start with you. What do you think the Buck season has in store for our Buck Bros? Yeah, so, you know, we sit here at three and four. Uh, but as I mentioned, the, the schedule lightens up, you know, there is optimism. So I'm just going to run this down real quick, game by game, and give you my great, like my, you know, off the whim feel about it. So next game at Texans, dub. Titans come home, dub. At 49ers, loss. Uh, at Colts, dub. Uh, Panthers come here, dub. At Falcons, dub. At Packers, L, Green Bay, wintertime. I don't like it. Uh, Jaguars come here. That's an L. Saints at home, dub. And we finish at the Panthers with a dub. So if my math here is correct, that should put us, uh, I believe we would finish six and four. And that would put us at nine and eight. So that is my midseason prediction is we will finish nine and eight. And that will be good enough to win the NFC South for the third year in a row. So that's what I see. Wait, what were your, your you only counted two losses there, right? Packers and Niners and, and, Jags. and Jaguars. So three. So we're 10 and seven. <laughs> Never seven. mind. 10 and seven. There Even we go. Better. <laughs> said, just right, one more off. Right. We're at 11. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't right, but <laughs> there it is. 10 and seven. I, I have a more optimistic outlook only slightly. And I'm going to scrape one more off and have us going um, 11 and six. Uh, I, I I think the the 49ers game and the Jags game, uh, those are are, are definite losses um, going forward. But I just don't see another loss on the board there. The Packers don't look very good. So e even going into Lambeau in wintertime, I don't expect that to be something that we should have to worry about. Uh, we know the Colts are garbage. Uh, we know the Texas teams are garbage. We know Tennessee is garbage. Th these are a lot of teams that we can and should beat. Uh, all we have to do is play decently and we should come away with some wins we're only a half game out of the one of the wild card spots as, as it is right now so you know going down the stretch I think there's a there's a chance that we could do well and an 11 and 6 record is only a half game out of our record when we won the Super Bowl so this is a this is a season where we could have some optimism and build like I was saying before build down the stretch and and cobble some games together However, and I'm sure uh, Zach will touch on this, but the 49ers game does not look like a guaranteed L anymore. So they, they do get some time off uh, in their bye week, but they just don't look as imposing as they once did. Uh, I mean, yeah, I still think their defense is elite. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it will surprise all of y'all. I, I think uh, less of the the remaining games are winnable fewer of them sorry ryan um i think i have us at nine wins i i think we we lose to tennessee at home and uh the saints at home i've, I've got two additional losses I'll, I'll keep the rest of of bryce's those three um i think the panthers are the only team i'm comfortable saying that we'll we'll sweep in the division uh, i think we will split with the other two and then Titans with like a rookie quarterback. We play like dog water at home. I, that feels like a classic Bucks loss to me. Like letdown spot. Levis looks insane or something. Um, I mean, 
what is that? That's eight and nine. So that could still win the division. I mean, I think more than likely it has us finishing like a spot out, like a half game or something out, and then or game out, and then you know we'll pick seventeenth and we'll draft a tight end that shouldn't have been there on the board or something, and you know we won't develop him and then we'll trade him, so or cut him. Uh, I'd like to make the playoffs at least. So I mean, I think there's a couple coin flips on there, probably like the Saints and the Titans. Those two could go either way, but I'd say eight and nine. Uh, hopefully that's good enough to win the division. But the offense, like we play a lot of good teams. I know it's not murderer's row, but like the Niners defense will be trouble for our offense. That's my only concern about that. Um, and then to Bryce's point, going to Lambeau is like in December is not going to be fun for us. I've been to a Bucks game at Lambeau in December. It's not fun. So I, I think that's probably an L. But hopefully there's at least like improvement along the way. And 8-9 and is not the worst thing in the world. I think we uh, won a division at 8-9 last year. So Yeah, we did win the NFC South at 8-9. You're right, Zach. If my math is correct... I think one of us predicted an 11-win season, we have another at 10, and then Zach, you have 8. So let me go ahead and split the difference. I'm going to take us at 9-8 and eight to finish the season. I think when you look at the schedule, obviously you've got your tougher games. Those would be against the 49ers. I would throw in the Jags there because they look to be a solid team. So I think those are two really tough games that we're probably not going to win. Uh, from the games that you picked, Zach, I like them all but the Saints. And the only reason I'm saying that we're going to win against the Saints is because I hate the Saints. They need to lose. So I'm going to take the Saints game as a W. Everything else that Zach just said, I'm going to go with as well. So 9-8 and eight for the Bucks. Hopefully that's pushing us into the NFC South lead. I do think that will be good enough, but we'll have to see how the season comes out. So 9-8 and eight for the Bucks for me. Hopefully everybody, I hope John's right the most, but we'll see how the season progresses and how the Bucks fare with the upcoming games on the schedule. Let's move on from this week with a week wrapper, as we always like to do, with our What the Buck, bro. This is week eight's follies, mistakes that we like to point out on the Buck Bros episodes. So let's jump into our personal picks for this week and let me start with john here a former bucks beat writer has you messed up who are you what the bucking you know i got a bone to pick with greg allman he's been one of my favorite bucks reporters uh for quite some time and, and even though he made the move to the atlantic and now he technically covers the entire nfc south he's always been there for us as bucks fans to to provide some much needed stability and uh he had an incredibly bad take after the Bills loss um, where there was some questions about why the refs didn't call pass interference in the end zone on that final hair Mary. And Greg essentially said, well, you can't all, you can't just apply the rules all the time as if that's some kind of an excuse, especially with this season in the NFL where there has been such a, there's been so much notice placed on, how the refs have been doing a bad job calling penalties. They've been ignoring penalties. Players haven't been trying. The referees obviously haven't been trying. And this idea that scripting has really come into play and that the, the NFL truly is rigged to see this kind of event and to see someone like Greg Allman just say, well, you know, you can't just have the rules all the time. That, that just, that doesn't sit right with me. And it just lends 
it lends it back to the fact that perhaps the the NFL is rigged. Maybe it's not worth watching, and it's just we should enjoy it like we enjoy pro wrestling or tennis, uh, you know, or one of these other sports where it's obviously scripted and we know who's going to win. And and so maybe we should just sit back and enjoy it. Yeah, pretty bad take there from Greg Almond. I agree with you, John, that uh, we can't call penalties on every play is a pretty poor excuse for um, refing, if, if you will. But let's move on. Let's go to our next Buck Bro, Bryce. What is your what the buck moment of the week? You know, I originally was going to go with Billy Napier and the Florida Gators fourth down call. But I thought back to this game and I really actually want to go with Todd Bowles' decision to take a delay of game on a 59-yard field goal at the end of the half. Why? I don't understand. His explanation was, if we had missed the field goal, and I think there was like nine seconds or 13 seconds left, that that would give the Bills opportunity to then go down and score their own points, I guess. But it just plays back to the mentality we've been talking about of his conservative, too conservative, too afraid to, you know, take a chance. The You know, McLaughlin made a 57-yard field goal already, you know, that game. We're just talking about two more yards. Like, yes, that does matter, but, like, he made 57 pretty easily. But you're also on the road. You're not expected to win. God damn it. Grow some goddamn balls, Bulls, and go for it, man. Like, take a chance. Go score. I mean, you're going to call timeout, line them, or not even. We're out of timeouts. You line them up. You're ready to kick. They call timeout. Now you got even more chance to figure out what you want to do, and that's what you come up with. We're going to fake, you know, we're going to try to draw them offside on a field goal attempt. Dude, what the buck, bro? Zach, what do you, what's your what the buck? Hmm, that's a good what the buck. Uh, I'm actually going to go elsewhere in the NFL to the Chiefs-Broncos game, in which the Broncos upset the Chiefs, which goes to show you you can't beat a team 17 times in a row, just 16 times in a row, uh, unfortunately for the Chiefs. But the what the buck bro moment is with the genius that works at Mile High who decided to play shake it off at the end of the game after the, the Chiefs had just gotten their teeth kicked in by Russell Wilson, the, the Broncos. It was an all-time moment. Uh, unfortunately, Taylor wasn't there, but in spirit she was, and the song kind of showed that. So that was a pleasant what the buck bro uh, I hope that trend follows the Chiefs for every loss. Maybe we could do a different song, Taylor's versions that she does. I don't know. But I love that moment. It was great. Well, we did talk earlier uh, in one of our earlier episodes about how the the Chiefs have not passed the eye test. They, their record does not reflect how poorly they played in every game. So I didn't find it too much of a shocker that they went out there and got beat. The big shocker to me was that I started Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes in fantasy, uh, and they accounted for zero total Bad. touchdowns. Bad. Patrick Mahomes got me five points. Screw Bro. that guy. I don't care and if you have the flu. You should have sat out. It took me out of contention. I, I can't come back now. <laughs> Rashad White had his best week of the season, and Patrick yeah, Mahomes sitting on my bench. <laughs> yeah. Travis Kelsey put, put up nothing. Fuck you, Damian Pierce. You're out. 
now we go to the Texans. This, you know, on a three-game losing streak. Big game. Got to win this one. What do you guys think? How do the Bucks get off the slide here? And, and take victory, you know, and, and get off the loss column. Let's start with you, uh, Buck Bro, John. What do you think? We got to see the offense play. We need to see the offense play the whole goddamn game, every down, every quarter. They need to play the whole game. No more taking plays off. No more getting tired and throwing your hands up and coming off the field because you missed an out route. I want to see the whole team play just once. And if you're not healthy enough to play, you need to sit and let somebody else have a chance because that's the only thing that's going to save this season is a resurgence of the offense. I think the defense, if they played like they've been playing, maybe not, they may not be elite, but they are competitive defense and we can move forward with what we've got. The offense cannot continue on this track. So what I'd love to see this weekend and my key to this game is get the offense in motion, whatever it takes, get rid of Mike, get rid of Baker, get rid of Rashad white, Move people around, move pieces around. Don't be afraid to start sitting people because it's time to try. We didn't trade for anyone. We made no splash. It's time to do something. And this is the week to do it. Yeah, I don't know about all that. I mean, I'm down to definitely sit one person in particular, but maybe that's for a discussion later. Uh, what do you think, Zach? Um, what are your keys to the game? Well, uh, you know, it's a road game. Right. So we, I think, technically play better on the road than at home. So that's nice. Texans are coming off of an embarrassing loss to Carolina. So that to me points like one or two ways. Either one, it's like a pride game for them. And they're like, okay, probably the only team that's going to lose to them all year. We got to show up. Or maybe they've pointed out some flaws. So, you know, CJ Stroud's a young quarterback. And they think of, easy like layup key of the game is to harass him um just doesn't have the experience to deal with uh you know a good defensive game plan so hopefully <clears throat> bulls draw something up that can get him off schedule often uh they they didn't run the ball well last week so hopefully we can continue uh to to keep them penned in on, on the ground game and and just kind of tee off on strout uh defensively you know, on their side, I really don't know anything about the Texans' defense because J.J. Watt doesn't play there anymore. So uh, for the Bucks' offense, hopefully they scout it better than I did, and hopefully they can just be consistent offensively. I, Ryan mentioned it earlier. The manufactured ground game was there. Rashad White had, a, you know, 70 yards, a ton of catches, that's fine. We don't we don't have the blocking capability to run the ball, and White is playing well as a receiving back. So keep doing that. Spread the ball around. Continue with the turnover differential. That's like the the one like great thing you can hang your hat on with this team is in general we're not turning the ball over. Certainly not as much as we're forcing turnovers. So if if it's like if if you could connect the dots coaching wise and call a good game and get everyone to perform just consistently i think it's there because you're not making terrible terrible mistakes so hopefully that was a lot to throw out there but that's what i'd like to see all of that stuff yeah i totally agree with you i think 
you know, this is a game where, you know, we have to win, right? So I want to see the offense and in particular Dave Canales and Todd Bowles to come up with, hey, what's your best game plan for this week, right? Like this is a winnable game. You got to win it. Um, don't, you know, you know, if you can't run the ball, which we've been a- not been able to do all year, like don't try to script those in because we got to establish the run. If it's not there, yeah, use the the pass to Rashad White out of the backfield to be essentially your run game. Get Mike and Gott and Chris involved early. Um, you know, be able to get Baker on time and in tempo and feel comfortable. And if, if he's able to do that, then I think we have a good chance of scoring more than 17, which we've averaged. On the defensive side, you know, it's really just about generating pressure. Uh, we haven't been great at doing that this year, particularly from our uh, outside linebackers. Barrett's been okay. JTS has been kind of a disappointment ever since the Chicago game. We, we need them to start producing more. Um, the You know, so if we can get after C.J. Stroud and get him off his spots, I think, you know, we have we stand a great chance to create some turnovers. We're doing that pretty effectively the first couple of games. Haven't quite got as many this game. I think it's a good opportunity to do that here. Um, set our offense for some positive, you know, on some positive spots, right? Uh, flip the field or set the offense up in short field situations where they can score get out there early. This is a game we should win. When we looked at the schedule, right, like everyone circled, hey, this is one, you know, the Bucks have a good chance in. So <clears throat> we absolutely have to have this win. So let's see if they can pull that off on Sunday. Buck Bro Ryan, what are your thoughts? Do you disagree with anything anybody said? No, pretty much like always, we're all in agreement. You know, I think the key to the game, like Zach said, uh, is getting after C.J. Stroud. You know, I don't think that the Texans defense is going to put up an, a monstrous fight. You know, they're going to be good, but I think we can score some points on them. The key to the game is making sure that we rattle and decompose, if you will, the QB play of C.J. Stroud. That will be the silver bullet point. Um, so I just hope that, you know, I've been saying it, for a while, I hope Bowles comes with some play calls that just intimidate it. You know, I haven't really seen a blitz call that looks good. It doesn't look like the blitz calls are working. So I'm hoping to see that. And I'm just hoping to see a good game, you know, a good, clean game. We've had some of those in the past with the Saints. And Bryce, you said it, this is a game we can win. So I'm hoping that we step up on the right foot and we have a good, clean game uh, with no issues. We'll, we'll see what we get. Uh, come Sunday. However, before we get to Sunday, we do need to get to our fantasy picks of this week. So before we jump into the picks of the week, let's go review what we did last week. So Zach, do you have a review of the last week's standings for the Buck Bros Fantasy? Okay, fantasy. So this week, uh, let's go through our results. John, had 28.78. Bryce had 44.9. Ryan had 36.92. And I had 43.7. It's actually... First place. Okay, it's actually... It's unnecessary. Uh, It's the (laughs) highest scoring week for all of us combined. Like the sum of our scores this week is the highest of any week. 
Uh, yeah, so good good picks, everybody. Um, our standings, uh, John is in fourth place out of four with 202.18 points. Ryan is in third with 233.32. And then it's a race too close to call at the top. Honestly, one team has 266.82. The other has 267.94. We're talking, you know, a point one one point twelve difference between the top two points. It's not even worth distinguishing between the two. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, that's our fantasy update after week eight. I mean, technically, yeah, no, it's too first. close to call at the top, but, you know, first place gets to go first. So as mm. first place, um, I am going to take Chris Godwin as my Bucks choice for this week. Ryan, who's after? I don't know the order. Let me get Mike. I might have just ruined that, but all right. <laughs> Michael a... Evans from Galveston, Texas. You got it. And then, hold on, I'll tell you afterward. Uh, right, you were last, weren't you? I'm sorry, I am last. Oh. Um, <laughs> so why are you going board. second? <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. Who picks I after Bryce? Zach, then John, then Ryan. Does that sound right to yes. everybody? All right, yes. I'll take Mike Evans out of there Galveston, Texas. So then John. Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield, Captain, Captain, Captain. Oh, that's nice. I'll just hit Control C, scroll over, Control V. Perfect. <laughs> so, so white, then white. Yeah, Rashad White. Yeah. Okay. Well, are you sure? I'm almost positive. Okay. Rashad Blanco. Got it. All right. Ryan, lead us off on the NFL big board. Uh, I'm going to take Joey B. Okay. Joseph Burrow. Uh, I want Will Levis. Hmm. Love it. Okay. I've decided. So, uh, okay, John has taken uh, Mayo Man. Um, okay. And I'm going to take T.T. Higgins for the grudge match against Damar Hamlin. Actually, can you cut that, Ryan? That sounds really brutal. Uh, I'm going to take T. Higgins. I'm going to take T. Higgins because he's a good player um, for the Bengals. Hmm. Mm. What's next? Bryce. I got to pick. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. Cuba Hubbard. Let's go with only 600 players. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, has Jalen Hurts been taken? No. Then give me him. Okay. Show it so it shall be. All right. Great fantasy picks, guys. We'll see how that shaped out this week. But let's move on to our next tracker. And that would be our trivia question of the week. 
Now, Bryce, can you inform us as the social media manager what the trivia question for this week is? We have the same trivia question as we did on our last episode. Uh, from no fault of anyone, it was not posted on our social media last uh, last week. So we're going to roll it over. But the question is, in 1995, which Buccaneers running back ran for 1,207 yards? Again, in 1995, what Buccaneers running back ran for 1,207 yards? All right. 1,207. Good trivia there. Let's get to the Caleb Williams tracker and Zach. Hello. Hi. Uh, Caleb Williams played Cal at Cal this week, uh, or I guess last week. And it was a stunner, 50 to 49. Uh, Caleb had a great game, a little bounce back, threw for a couple tutties, ran for a couple tutties. Uh, over 360 yards passing. So, Caleb, a little bit of a bounce back, but temper expectations. They play Washington uh, next, so that will be a tougher test for Caleb and a matchup of potentially two first-round draft pick quarterbacks with Michael Penix Jr. Yeah, that USC-Washington game is shaping up to be a good one. And like you said, Zach, two potential first-round quarterbacks duking it out next Saturday. We'll be sure to be interested for the Caleb Williams tracker next week, so stay tuned for that. As for this episode, Buck Bros, that's going to do it for us. We hope you guys are having a great time following the Bucks and your Buck Bros this season. If you'd like a chance to win for the trivia question of the week, you can follow us on Instagram at TV. For now, we're going to sign off, and as we like to say, Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. We are plus two and a half on the road. Favorites. Nope, that makes us an underdog. 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 <laughs> <laughs>